Come on, if you came to exalt the name of the Lord, let me hear you celebrate him a little bit more. Praise God. You folks came to worship today, I can tell. Yeah. The Bible says, come let us magnify the Lord. The word is exalt. Let us, let us take all the peripheral things of this world and put them aside and let us put Jesus Christ front and center and exalt him for he is worthy. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day, God. The Bible says that this is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it, Father God. Lord, I pray that today every single person gathered here will take everything that they brought to this place and set it aside to lift high the name of Jesus. Father, we are here to exalt thee. And in doing so, Father, we pray that you would minister to us. Would you speak to us? When we leave today, God, I pray that we would be transformed more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us today. Speak to our hearts, God. We are here to hear a word from you. And we pray it in the one and only name, the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And all of God's people said together, come on church, amen and amen. Wow. Hey, you can be seated. Some of you are here for the first time, you know, in this COVID season. And come on, is it not great to be in the house of the Lord and worshiping God together? Is it not great? And you can see it's just kind of growing every single week. It's going to be a long journey, but it's growing and people are coming back every week. We're hearing from dozens of folks who've said, you know, it's the first time I've been out since COVID, to which I always say, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, how have you done that? Anywho, um, hey, uh, I know that I have not been teaching any in August or in September. I'm not teaching today either, but um, I will be coming back October 4th, and I'm kicking off a brand new series, and I'm really, really excited about it. Have you noticed that the day in which we live is full of anger and resentment and it's very polemical, and you've got cities that are burning down, you've got looting that is taking place, you've got partisan politics where the Democrats are fighting with the Republicans, and the Republicans are fighting with the Democrats. Heck, you've even got churches arguing these days over whether or not we should get back together and worship again. And so I'm doing a brand new series titled Living in the Age of Rage. And I'm going to be going to all of these different on-site locations and videoing these messages. I'm going to be in Philadelphia uh, one day. I'm going to be in D.C. one day. I'm going to be on my boat one day. The title of that day is Don't Take the Bait. <laughs> no, seriously, and I'm going to take you fishing with me because the enemy wants you to take the bait every single day. 
And I'm really, really excited. I, I, I believe this is a word that, that the church desperately needs to hear. Again, living in the age of rage, starting the first Sunday in October, which is October 4th. Right after that, um, you guys have been to our uh, nights of worship. And in this crazy season that we're living in, we've decided to bring that back monthly. We used to do it quarterly, but we're bringing it back monthly. And it's called First Wednesday. Everybody say First Wednesday. Worship and word. Everybody say worship and word. Now from the top, first Wednesday, worship and word. That's what we're gonna be doing every single month. Um, and just wanna invite you out for that. Those nights are incredible. Hey, if you sow into the ministry of this church, thank you so much. We're gonna kind of turn to that moment where we give unto the Lord his tithes and our offerings. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house today? Yes. Hey, if you, if you give still physically, we have boxes at the back of the worship center talking about your generosity changing lives. We have those in the rotunda. We have a giving kiosk. But by far, the safest, most secure, convenient, and reliable way to give is to just do so online. You just text NH Movement to 77977. NH Movement 77977. Follow the prompts and you can figure out what you want to give unto the Lord. And uh, we just are grateful for who you are and the way God is moving in our midst. Hey, you're in for a treat today. I realize some of you have not met this dude, um, but let me tell you a little bit about my good friend who is our brand new executive pastor of ministry, Reese Whitehead. And when I say brand new, he's only been here three months, but I can categorically tell you that I don't know that we've ever had a staff person who came into our culture, fit our culture so well, connected with the mission of our church and became a, a just an incredible leader on the executive team. Um, again, Reese Whitehead. He is married to his lovely wife, Stephanie. They've been married 19 years. Let me tell you a little bit about their family. They have a daughter, Lily. She is 16. They have a son, Chase, who is 11. Great kids. Uh, Pastor Reese has been in vocational ministry 18 years now. He's got a master's degree in formational leadership. He served for 10 years on an executive level position at the one and only pace setting church known as Willow Creek in Chicago. Um, he is a man of God. He is a brilliant leader. I have figured that out already and you are in good hands today. And he's talking to us about a subject that we all need to lean in and hear. So grab your Bibles, your pens, your phones, take notes and do what you always do. Would you give it up for our executive pastor, Reese Whitehead. Come on church. Thanks brother. Well, good morning church. It is just a joy to be a part of the New Hope family. As Pastor said, we moved from Chicago after being there for almost 10 years. And coming here, uh, there's been some things that uh, I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't expect to connect on such a deep level with our senior pastor so quickly. I didn't expect to connect with the executive team, I didn't expect such an incredibly generous and warm welcome from the staff. I didn't expect to be here for almost four months and have not met many of the congregation. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect for the humidity and the rain that you guys have. Uh, and I'm Australian and we know our snakes, but I didn't expect my neighbor to say, Reese, careful in your backyard for copperheads. Uh, 
These are some things I didn't expect. But we all didn't expect this year of 2020, right? Full of things that we just didn't expect. Speaking of things I didn't expect, a, a couple of years ago, I was at my daughter's basketball game. Uh, her team was having a rough go at it. And at halftime, the coach just sat them down on the hardwood to kind of give them a pep talk. I was on the other side of the court in the parents' bleachers section, and I decided that I wanted to encourage my daughter and I was gonna break parent protocol. So I walked down the bleachers and across the court. My daughter had her back turned to me, and I leaned down, I put my arm around her, and I, I just spoke into her ear, and I just said, you are doing a great job, and I'm proud of you. Well, the circle of girls all stopped and looked at me, and one particular girl directly across from me, she said something and her face is something that I won't soon forget. She looked straight into my eyes and she said this word, Dad, I was hugging the wrong girl. I did not expect that. But this 14 year old girl didn't expect a strange man to have his arm around her either. The things that we don't expect. 2020, we're all in the same boat of all the things that have taken place that we just didn't expect. And for many of us, this year has felt like a, a valley, has felt like a, a desert, if you will. This ongoing, hard season of things we didn't expect. In the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, the word desert is midbar. And midbar also translates voice of God. You know, in the Hebrew times, the people would always look to journey slowly through the hard seasons of their life, to take their time journeying through the desert because it's there that they hear the voice of God. Now, so often in our Western culture, we flip that and we encourage, we, we strive to rush and hurry through the hardships of our lives, the, the, the valleys and the deserts, if you will. A pastor friend of mine recently was talking with a Hebrew scholar and he posed the question, for the Hebrew people, how long would they expect percent-wise to be in like the desert of their lives. And the scholar responded and he said, well, 15% uh, of the time on the Good Friday, the, the captivity in Egypt. And then 15% of life in the Resurrection Sunday, the, the promised land, if you will. But 70% of life to be in the land in between, Easter Saturday, to be in the desert and the valley and the hardships of life. We do well to remember in the midst of this year that God is the God of the midbar. God is the God who meets us in the desert and it's there his voice is heard. To remember this in this crazy, crazy year of 2020. To remember his voice and that voice always reminds us that he is faithful. 
But this is a constant battle for us, isn't it? See, throughout human history, all people have struggled to grasp the power in remembering God's faithfulness. This is why we see in Scripture God giving instructions to help us overcome our poor memory over and over again. In the book of Joshua, we read the Israelite story. After waiting 40 years to enter the promised land, they miraculously cross the river and are about to possess the land. And God's first command to Joshua is about remembering the faithfulness of God. His first command is to stop and to remember that God has been faithful thus far. I wanna invite you, if you would please stand to your feet for the reading of God's word this morning. If you're at home in the living room, I wanna encourage you to stand up and across all of our campuses. Let's stand as we read God's word this morning. I'm reading in Joshua 4, starting in verse one, and it reads, when all the people were safely across the river, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell the men to take 12 stones from where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and pile them up at the place where you camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes. We'll use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. Joshua also built another memorial of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan, at the place where the priests who, were, who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The memorial remains there to this day. You may be seated. Something to help us remember. Notice there are two monuments, one for the past and one for the future. Jesus establishes monuments in twos just prior to his death. The first is when he asked John to baptize him in the Jordan. Here, Jesus symbolizes his death by going down into the water and he rises up out of the judgment into resurrection power. He commands us to do this and to identify with him first in the past, in his death, and second, in new life, in the future. The second monument is when Jesus takes bread and wine and he commands us to eat and drink and first, to remember past, and second, to do this until he comes again, future. Two monuments in Joshua 4 were for very different purposes. One was to remind the Israelites of God's faithfulness thus far, and one was to remind them that God would continue to be faithful in the future. We often relate to looking back. But in verse 21, we're encouraged to acknowledge the future here. It says, then, then Joshua says to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord. 
Another translation says, so that it would be a sign among you, a sign of the faithfulness of God. In 1 Samuel, the prophet erects a stone monument after defeating the Philistines and calls it Ebenezer, which translates God's stone of help. Words like stones of remembrance, Ebenezer, and thus far. They are the mile markers, the fence posts in the Israelites' lives. Think of the Israelites thus far, God. And remember today that we serve the same faithful God. When Israel was preparing to go into Canaan, Moses writes the 40 starting places to reflect the 40 years in the wilderness. So they will remember that God who had taken them thus far would be the same God who would take them into the promised land. He was the very one who had heard them when they cried out in bondage in Egypt. And the one who said to Moses in Exodus 3, I am that I am. He is the one who is and the one who gives existence to others. He is the way maker, the deliverer, the one who literally could and did part the Red Sea and free his people from their pursuing enemies. He is the cloud who led them by day and the pillar of fire that led them by night. He is the God who supplied all their needs and gave them manna in the day and had them camp out by sweet springs at night. He didn't let their shoes wear out in 40 years. He is the soft, still voice. He is the protector and the one who thunders from the mountains. He is the God who miraculously stopped the flow of the Jordan and allowed his people to cross safely. And he commanded, these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever, that their God has taken them thus far. So what does God's faithfulness mean to you today? After eight months of COVID, eight months of quarantine, eight months of school closures and border closures and stay-at-home orders and layoffs and shutdowns and the racial inequality and political division and the unexpected year of 2020. Today, thus far, God has not let you down. You've known his protection and there has not been a time thus far that he has left you or abandoned you. His very nature is trustworthy. He cannot and will not fail you. You live with the power of his spirit and the knowledge that he didn't leave this world or you in a permanent separation of his love and his companionship. But he acted and he sent his son, born of a virgin, to live a perfect life, to die a sacrificial death, to be buried, and then to raise again in victory, defeating the grave and atoning for your sin. He is the King of kings and the very definition of faithfulness. And the psalmist tells us that his faithfulness endures forever, yes? His faithfulness endures forever, amen? Amen. His faithfulness endures forever and ever. Now, when we fail to remember the faithfulness of our great God, when we fail to remember the thus far of what God has done for us, we risk not having what it takes for the season that lies ahead. Because God always establishes monuments before the next season. 
You see, God marks moments from our past before He moves us into the future. They become like fence posts showing us that thus far, our God has been faithful, that thus far, His presence has been that constant companion. God's faithfulness gives you today the confidence to step into whatever situation you find yourself in right now. To know with bold, unshakable faith that the God you serve is the promise-keeping God. That when we focus on the activity of life, our attention is too easily steered away from God. So easily our eyes are taken to our circumstances and off the very faithfulness of our great God. We choose to put our energies and our focus in the things that are unexpected in our lives versus placing our assurance on the very one who has proven himself over and over again to generation after generation of his people, the one who has proven himself thus far to be faithful. When we walk through unexpected seasons like 2020, we have the opportunity and the invitation to be reminded by our great God that he establishes moments in our lives that when we look back at our past, that we walk into our future with the confidence that our God has never left us. That our God is the constant companion walking in the desert and we can hear His voice when we acknowledge His faithfulness in our lives. I remember about 10 years ago when we were praying about moving to Chicago My wife and I were concerned about our six-year-old daughter and her friends that she'd established and particularly her best friend, Chelsea. Well, this day I I took her on a hike and I shared with her this idea of us moving and moving to Chicago. And she said, (laughs) out of the mouth of babes, right? And she said, I don't wanna go, but if God wants us to go, I think we should. Well, my wife and I uh, had not yet discerned direction and it was like a couple of days before we needed to respond to the church in Chicago. And we had spent some time in Noah's story. And so we took the afternoon and spent time praying together and and, and read the scriptures again. And then my wife kind of courageously broke the silence and she said, that's it. I think we should pray for a rainbow. A rainbow would be the sign that God is calling us to uproot and move to Chicago. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sure of what the weather pattern is that produces a rainbow. It was kind of a pretty bold prayer that my wife was laying out for us. Well, the next morning I got up before any of the family and made myself a hot cup of tea and sat at our dining room table and as I was trying to wake up, uh, I looked over and I noticed one item on the dining room table. It was a box, a, a jigsaw puzzle. And I took a double take as I looked over and 
the, the logo of the company was a rainbow. I grabbed that box and I counted nine rainbows on that one jigsaw puzzle box. There was this moment of sensing God's direction in my family's life. My wife and I got together and we got our daughter and we shared with her that you know, we'd been praying about a rainbow and, and, and this is what had happened and, and we sense God's in this. And uh, our daughter went away and, and she drew a picture. And she came back and she showed my wife and I and she said, Mom, Dad, this is, this is a picture of a rainbow. It's to remind us that God will go with us. The next day, my wife went to the garage and she found a, an old canvas there that we'd had laying up against the garage wall and she kind of dusted it off and brought it inside. It was uh, a picture that Lily's best friend Chelsea had drawn for her about a year earlier. And on the back of it, Chelsea had written, Dear Lily, this is a picture of a rainbow. I love you, Chelsea. This moment became a thus far moment for my family. This, this picture still hangs in our house today because it's kind of an Ebenezer, if you will, a, a, a monument declaring to my family that God has been faithful thus far. The beauty of that story is where you see the fingerprints of God going before us. There is an element that God is showing His people that He has been faithful thus far in the past and that's where you find your assurance for your future. You see, in our Western culture, we're not so good at stopping and reflecting on the past. But you know what? All throughout Scripture, we see that the people of God had really poor memories as well. And we see God stopping His people and having them build monuments to uh, erect some stones that would remind the people that God has been faithful to them to this point. And so that when their children ask, what does this represent? The elders will be able to declare, you know what? The God that loves you, the God that has a plan and a purpose for you, the God who longs to do life with you, He's a faithful God. He's a faithful heavenly Father. He loves you so that He sent His one and only Son to die an atoning death in your place. These stones remind us that God has journeyed with us every single day of our lives and has brought us to this point. And even when things have come that we didn't expect, God showed Himself to be faithful. That's what monuments mean in our lives. There's something powerful when we stop in our homes and reflect in our lives, where are the, the thus far stones? What are the things in your house that remind you that God is faithful? Maybe as you listen to my voice, you wonder, I'm not sure that I've actually spent some time to mark those moments. 
I don't know that I've created any fence posts or mile markers in my spiritual life. Anything that I can look at and say, oh, that reminds me of that tough season. You see, friends, there'll be a time soon when we look back on 2020 and we'll either have some things that will remind us that God carried us in this season or we'll just move on and miss the midbar, miss that in the desert is the voice of God. So I wanna encourage you today to take some time, maybe to gather around family, to, to spend time with God. What are those things? What are the, the rainbow drawings in your life remind you as a family, that remind us as the people of God that He's been faithful thus far and that we can trust Him to be faithful in the future. For the psalmist says that His faithfulness endures forever. I wanna ask if you would stand to your feet because one of the ways that we declare to one another God's faithfulness thus far is we join together in singing declarations and attributes of who our great God is. And so right now, I want us to collect our voices and to sing to the one who is faithful, our faithful God. When I walk in the lowest valley When I'm lost in the darkest night I can count on your hand to guide me God, you see beyond this fight Faithful Tell them this morning, faithful you remain. He's worthy, worthy of my praise. Faithful you remain. forsakes us. Amen. When I drift into fear and darkness, overwhelmed and on my own, I will trust that you never leave me. Oh, you God and God alone. Oh, you God and God alone. Faithful, you remain. Come on. Faithful. 
Faithful 